Shalom everyone, this is Dr. Dina Dye with Returning to Eden and thanks for joining us this week and of course you all know my co-host Jeff, say hi Hello. Jeff. Hello everybody, <laughs> thanks for joining us. So we're continuing on with what, you know, with this whole concept of Adam, priest, garden, field, but before we get started I just wanted to, a couple of things, I just want to make mention again on my website foundationsintorah.com and you know whatever it is a membership site but we do have the free level and we obviously we have uh, uh, different varying degrees of you know payment but I would really encourage you to go there because there is a ton of information even just in the free uh, when you when you log on and right on the right hand side it'll say free teachings and there's hours worth of free teachings so, you know, and the reason we have it as a membership is just as to protect the site. And so by coming in and just becoming a member, a free member is the Peshat, the Sode member is a $25 a month. Um, that just helps us protect, you know, what we've got. And, and again, if you really want to know more, that's the place to go. Uh, also, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to uh, send us a note on Facebook to Jeff or myself. Um, you know, we love to hear your comments and questions, and we're pretty good about answering them quickly, aren't we, Jeff? Well, yeah, I, I actually let me just kind of, I like to jump out of the out of the box here, guys. I get a lot of questions and comments from me, folks, in my e um, either my email or message uh, center on Facebook, and but Dina's not getting your comments. We talk about this, and I've gotten some really amazing comments, and people are. Are catching on to what we're talking about and blown away and I, I see all of these things but she's not seeing that so uh, don't hesitate to send her a message private message her email uh, I, we do have an email for the show it's returning to Eden at gmail.com uh, you can send your questions there we have ways for you to communicate with us and I really do appreciate some of the comments that we're getting I just I kind of want Dina to see them I don't have time to copy and paste them on send them to her so Please, uh, you know, send her your comments because uh, then she can see what what I'm seeing, and uh, it just we may, it helps us to even answer your questions better. And there's been a lot of questions, uh, you know, particularly on our podcast page too, Dina. People are leaving uh, comments on our podcast. You know, folks, if you follow the podcast page, if you actually click it and follow it, then any anytime we post a show, you're going to get an email about it. So, Dina, you were about to say. Oh, I just forgot, but that's okay. <laughs> well, one of the things is the questions uh, help me as well. You know, I'm working on the, the second book, which is all about this topic that we're dealing with now, the Temple Reveal in the Garden. So if I see people asking questions, and, and if especially if they tend to be similar, then I know we've got an area in which I can, you know, help explain in the book. So it, it's, it goes a long way to help me in my writing if I recognize what people, you know, the kinds of questions people are asking. So. Well, uh, Dina, uh, and, and that's really kind of how, how it works, folks. Just let us know. Get in touch with us. Now, last week, quickly, I had an epiphany of sorts after the show I wrote about it. Um, I was sitting here adding the music and doing the editing, and I began to realize that in the ancient world, this whole concept of, you call it the, the tiered reality. Yeah. Yeah. They they would have understood this and so we have to have that frame of reference. We have to have their frame of reference being is that Eden was the place of it was it was the sacred place. Well, Adam look, was, look at but it, it was in, our garden. Right. Go ahead. So look at well 
you know, they understood a temple as a mountain, and they also understood a tree as the sacred sphere as well. So in that realm, trees and mountains are vertical. So you, a tree has a trunk, it's got roots, and it's got its canopy. It's the same tree. It's not any right. different. And so the mountain's the same. You got the summit, you know, you got the middle, and you got the bottom of the mountain. It's still the mountain. It's one unit. It's just divided into three parts. And so if we can start looking at it that the temple um, context, the garden context, is three parts. So the field is the lower part. The uh, Eden would be the upper, the summit of the mountain, the canopy of the tree, and the trunk would be the garden. So they're overlapping, you know, tiered things. They're not horizontal like we're used to looking at, and you see that in Greek understanding. Everything's on a linear uh, trajectory. This is overlapping levels, and so it it's not any different. So what happens is Adam, of course, is exiled out of that sphere, the garden sphere. And I, I've actually talked about this in my book. So when you have the field, the field is like it's anchored into the earth. And then on the other end, we have Eden. It's kind of it's anchored to the sky. That's, that's its relationship or to the heavens. But in between is this place called the garden that is suspended between the field and Eden, just like the trunk of the tree is kind of the connecting point between the roots and the canopy. So Adam has had, you know, has to leave the garden. It's a, it's a, um, it's a plate because of ritual Im, uh, impurities. He has to leave the garden, and so he, we can't enter in until those ritual impurities are dealt with. So where does he go? Out to what we would call the field. Think of the bottom of the mountain, whatever. And life is difficult, but he still has the same ministry. I mentioned last week. When he was sent forth from the garden, that's not really, I mean, it is negative in our minds, but he's sent forth for a task. It's the exact same word as an apostle. He's sent out into the field because he still has to cultivate the ground. That is his priestly ministry. So it has not changed. The question is, okay, what's he going to be doing out there in the field, and, and how does that apply to us? Well, I was reading um, Matthew thirteen thirty-eight. In fact, we talked about it beginning of the show and it says the field is the world but the good seed is the children of the kingdom and the tares are the children of the evil ones so in that place we would call the field that Adam uh -huh. is now in yeah. we see a mixture of the wheat the weeds right the, the, the good seed and the tares we see this language of, of this whole garden concept it's just not in the place that Adam was placed in. Correct. We're it's in a different this, sphere. Yeah. And this is also the place where Cain was killed. Uh-huh. According to um, Genesis, I think it's four two. Right. And this is also the place where Satan was. He was three one. Just look it up in Genesis three one. So we see this place that Adam is now relegated to raise a family is a place of chaos and profane and it is not set apart. And that's kind of what we've been talking about for several weeks now, folks. Dina, I have a question. Okay. When we talk about the seas, Leviathan, uh, my question to you would be, okay, how is the field different from the place of Leviathan 
or the seas or the nations? And, and is it all the same thing? I mean, would Moses have been seeing this place of chaos, including the seas and Leviathan and everything that was unholy? Well, I, I see the, um, I wanted to make uh, the comment that it's critical to recognize that God did not leave Adam. He, it's right. like he didn't just send him out in the field and go, hey, you're on your own. You know, maybe I'll be there, maybe I won't. He, he is still with Adam. And, of course, as we move on into Noah and we see the line of Noah down to Abraham, God yeah, is present. And he is with him and he is, uh, Adam still has a job to do to cultivate the earth. Now it's really difficult with briars and thorns and brambles and, and he's, you know, the, the digging and it's, it's a tough slog. But he still is doing the same thing. He is still working outside as a priest, and there's a process by which they could enter enter in. And that, you know, we're not going to go there right now. But I, I rec you know, certainly we have all these entities in the field, the beasts of the field, and we see the the, the serpent. They recognized within the the, the sphere that's heaven. Uh, well, that we, we're talking about field, garden, and um, Eden. All, all being one. Yeah, outside of the, even if you were in the temple, uh, there's a boundary outside, and outside of that, you know, is chaos. So in the wilderness, outside the boundary of the tabernacle, this is where the jackals were and you know that's a dangerous place you could be killed so the seas are in a sense surrounding the boundary but they typically are connected to the nations which is in it and the king in particular the kings over those nations we're not dealing with the kings over nations in the field okay that right. they are a separate realm altogether now we find this language all through the scriptures and of course in, in, in especially in the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, when we see kings and empires coming against Israel and wanting to take you know, control of their sacred sphere. But they are of another realm that God will restore. And so when we see a time in Revelation when there, there's no more sea, it means that the nations have been dealt with and now the nations have turned to worship God instead of their king, whoever, whether it's you know the Babylonian king, the Assyrian king. In, in the field is a different scenario uh, from that. And I, I, when you think about Cain moving out into the nations and then out into the field and then all the different, uh, they're kind of related, uh, those that are coming against Cain, coming against Adam. I see that as like human relationships. Um, that the, the people that are there in the field are the ones that are related to Adam. As in, you think about Israel within her camp, how many times there was a division or an, a king that rose up within the camp who was evil. This well, is the he, kind of stuff we're dealing you know, with in the field. We don't have to look very far because the field in our world today is Facebook. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> because the same, even though we're all brothers and sisters, we're right. we, we have all this animosity and all this division amongst us. And then we have the nations Correct. that want to come in and destroy us. I'm thinking of Amalek and I'm thinking of yeah. Babylon and Assyria. Yeah. They want to come in. The picture that I get is the picture of Sinai where Moses is up on the mountain. He's 
at the pinnacle, he's at Olympus, and I use that example, because in that world, that's that's what the, uh, with the exception of monotheism, all the gods were up on the mountains or floating around in the air. So, so what we're trying to say to you folks is as we explain this to you, we're looking at the scriptural context through the eyes of those people. They would not have the concepts that we have, and that's what we've been talking about for two months now doing this show. You have to look at the scriptures from their eyes. I like how you, because you can reference the whole thing all the way up to Revelation. Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah. still the same lens that they're looking at all of this, the world as they saw it. it even with um, Yeshua walking on the water, you know, we, we talked about this before. He is demonstrating that he is even taking authority over everything Correct. under the deep or all of the nations. Correct. And that would have been important to the people of the first century because who... Who was the nations in the first century? It was Rome under right. Caesar. But the, they had to deal, not only, you know, they're dealing with the nations oppressing them and coming against them, but the, the real reality is they're dealing with that oppression within the camp. So we have King Herod, that's, he's doing all his crazy things. And then you just look at the temple itself, the temple leadership, and the chief priests and the elders, etc. They are oppressing the people. Well, so we, with, can go back, we can go back to, to the wilderness. When you had um, uh, the other ones that were Moses' cousins swallowed up, the the infighting within the camp, yeah, was really uh, the catalyst for a lot of the problems they had. Yeah, and that, and that hasn't changed one bit. I mean, no, it hasn't. to me, there's more problems in the camp than there is. I mean, I recognize the nations, you know, the great oppressors, the great kings and rulers in that sphere. But within the camp, that's when it's difficult and painful. We talked about that earlier. That you know, that's when you're. That's where the rubber meets the road, and and you are dealing with brethren in that sphere who are weeds and wolves and things of that nature. I mean, it is. And it's it's because hard. it's because we were we were raised up in an imperfect environment, so we have all of the garbage, the dust, the baggage. Of that imperfection, as we even now, I Facebook to me is a cesspool of this very thing, right? Uh, because but, we see this infighting amongst brethren. Uh, but the Lord did not leave, you know, leave us hanging out to dry. As I said, He He was with Adam, and then, uh, you know, out us. of Adam's line, we go to Seth, right? Okay, Cain's a lost cause; he loses his son Abel, but now we. We move to the royal line through Seth, and Seth on down to Noah, when it becomes so violent in the field, what does he do? He builds a temple, he builds an ark, and he preserves and protects Noah's seed. And all of this goes back to, to that, to, the, to preserving the seed and protecting the seed in the place of God's presence, which is, of course, his temple, or his cosmic temple. So, and... There, you know, the, the mechanism for um, for forgiveness of sin at that during all that time was, of course, the the, the the shedding of blood of an animal that would cleanse the altar and cleanse cleanse the individual. So the restoration from idolatry that that's uh, is caused by well, the idolatry causes the sin. There was a mechanism to deal with it, but it <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> I mean, it had a measure, but until Yeshua died and his blood cleansed 
and he restored mankind and gave and made him be a new creation and forgave sin now that was the restoration of the garden and so the garden is here now present with us but it's an overlay an overlap over the field and so we live in the field we got to deal with the stuff however the kingdom is alive and well and working because and we are called just as Adam was to be a kingdom of priests and and kings and serve in that sphere well we talked about that um, and you were going to explain uh, you know the priesthood I, I looked this up a long time ago and realized that the the priesthood was really it distinguished you from being in the wilderness and in chaos being a wild beast as opposed to a servant to the kingdom right. and you were going to talk about the co the co uh, the Cohen and right. how that yeah. word meant foundation. Go ahead and explain that a little bit. Well, yeah, so the, the very root word of, of, of a Kohen, which is Hebrew for, uh, for priest, is the word ken, which means, uh, which means yes. In, so if you, if you know Hebrew and you go to Israel, you just say ken, 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 and it's yes, and you're good. But it was the, the support or the foundation. It actually, you could, uh, the very root of ken would be a stalk, so that which stands strong. And so the support, the foundation of the nation was the priest. And so in the temple world, the foundation stone was the rock. So now when we go to Matthew 16, mm -hmm. and Yeshua says, on this rock I will build my congregation, and it has multiple implications, but ultimately uh, Isaiah 51, I believe, is where it talks about Abraham and Sarah being the rock because they are of the priesthood and the kingship. And so it's on the rock on which the, the Kohanim will build the congregation. So the application in, in the um, New Testament is that uh, the fivefold ministry of the pre, uh, the Leva, oh, stop, the... Uh, Help me out here, my brain went. Pastors and prophets and right. teachers and evangelists and apostles were like priests, the foundation, and they were the foundation from which the house would be built. So it's a very similar picture. So if we're looking at the lens from the ancient world, really the moment you accepted the reality of wanting to be purified and, and to re-enter the place the sacred space or re-enter the place where God dwelt, you had to, you literally had to become part of the service of the kingdom. And so, well, and so again, when the disciples went out to, to teach, that's the concept that they had, right. was to say, listen, what's going to distinguish you from being out there in the wilderness and out in one of the nations is your service right. to the king and your service to your neighbor, your loyalty to the Torah, to the instructions that represent the place that Adam was removed from. Yeah, and this is key because we are priests, and the laws of ritual purity, although rather complicated, can kind of be boiled down. You know, when blood was shed, then they, they had to be restored. But the blood, uh, you know, in the case of Yeshua, the blood was the cleansing element to right. make you ritually pure so that you could enter back into the sacred space. And so by his blood, that is why it says by his blood we are set free and delivered and cleansed and all that. It's by the agent that's, that's in his blood. 
and now we are to serve as priests out in the field and he has equipped us to be able to do that and we have we have a service and a ministry that, and the question is you, each person has to ask themselves you know what am I called to do one of the things I, I'd like to mention as well I'm going to be discussing this in my book but if you think about the temple itself the, the main place where the priests uh, served was in the holy place and I've mm -hmm. talked about how the holy place represents the garden and there were three uh, types of service that went on there right. the the priests would trim the trim the menorah and go through that whole service they would um, apply the, the, the put the coals on the altar of incense and so that the, you know that whole service as well and then the, the table of the showbread and you you could argue and if we went through each one of those services we could see things how, how we can behave out in the, you know out in the field so for example the, the menorah, the priest would come in, he would uh, actually take care of the, each of the candles, uh, put more wicks in and the, the olive oil and trim them out and light them again. And the purpose was, of course, to produce light. And that's our purpose and function as a priest. We go out from that space into the field and we produce light. To, and we give that light to people, the light of Messiah in us. So all of those aspects of, and I mean that's a whole study in itself. But the aspects of the service that takes place in the holy place needs to come out of that sphere, and we need to be operating just like that in the field, and so people so people can be, be set free and to to see, and and ultimately to so that blood will also cleanse them. Well. It, it, you bring up uh, you bring up layers of stuff, and I can go in ten different directions, but I'll go in just one, and that is, in the ancient world, that would be when you went into service to a king, or you went into covenant with a king, uh, your obligation was a, literally, it was a life or death issue. Right. If you failed, you and your family and everything that you owned could be burnt. Uh, destroyed. I think of um, I think of uh, in 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 uh, the Exodus when they were out in the wilderness and they went up to Ai and they lost the battle. Oh, I'm thinking of Joshua. Jericho. Yeah. I'm, and he lost the battle, and then yeah. they took Achan out and they killed him, his family, and burnt everything yeah. because he was out of covenant. And that that also, looking through the lens of the people of the ancient world. Accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, meant that you were entering into that type of covenant right, in right. the ancient world. And it meant that if you failed to represent the Torah or the instructions of the kingdom, nobody could see your light. You became a, you became a, um, uh, what's, um, why can't we think tonight? <laughs> Something in the you air. became a liability <laughs> to the very reason the kingdom existed. And yeah. so when you accept the covenant structure of the kingdom, you're entering into a, into a blood covenant, if you will, and yep. particularly with the blood of the Messiah that cleansed us so that we could do this. Yeah. So well, as we, their world, Dina, would have understood all of this. Who was right. it that was swallowed up in, when he was come against Moses? I can't think of his name. Uh, um, uh, was his cousin? Dakin? No. Oh, no, you, no, 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 no. Yeah. I can't think of it. Help! 
Well, our listeners know, and so they can they can but, read it. We're, we're but he went it. against he went against the loyalty that was being demonstrated against yeah. him or with for his benefit by the by the king by the father. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I don't and, want to get and too far away. The and the point as well is when you make when you when that covenant is reestablished between you and God in the field. In a, in a sense, you have now moved into the garden. Now, right. we recognize... That's exactly that right. That's we, what I was trying to say. Go ahead. You don't exactly look around and go, well, this ain't no garden. But you have, <laughs> by, by, the, by your relationship and the covenant, you ha that garden is now here present. And so we see it come in, the, in miracles and in great moves of God and... And when he leads us and guides us and he answers our prayers and when we talk to him and, and maybe not necessarily in the way we want him to, but he still does answer them. So there's just lots of things going on in our, in our, uh, in our realm that clearly show that we are in covenant and the garden is operating. Um, we just have to learn to recognize them because we tend to just go, well, man, just get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. But Folks, if you're in covenant, you're already in you're in you're, the garden. You're the one that's supposed to be lighting the menorah, if yeah. you will. Yeah. I'm reminded of the story of Gideon, uh, chapter 6, verse 11, where the angel of the Lord comes and sits down, and then all of a sudden it is the Lord. Yeah. It is so, so here, going back to your point, the Father has not left the sphere, guys. He's here. The king is here, and when you enter into the service of the king, like Dina was saying, that's when you start seeing the transformation, and that's when you're also called to fulfill your role. Gideon was called. I, I, Gideon was sitting there going, what's up? Who are you? <laughs> and yet he didn't realize that he was being called into service, and of course we know the rest of the story. He went on and saved Israel. Right. But but that's because he recognized that he was a part of the kingdom and he went and did the will of the king. And he had the he had the same with Joshua. I mean, we can just go on and on and on. Yeah, I mean, it was God no picnic where they lived. You know yeah, I mean? it wasn't. But, but yet, they were no longer in the field living in chaos. They right. had accepted the covenant and decided to perform the work of the covenant. Yeah, and eventually... And there will be no more field. Then heaven right. and earth will be one and it will be restored. We read that in Revelation. But we're, you know, we're not escaping anywhere. You know, this is, you know, planet earth is our home and God is about restoring this planet. And so part of that restoration process includes us getting out into it and showing and revealing the garden of what it looks like in the covenant relationship through our works, through our service, through our prayers, through our character, all that kind of stuff. We we show the world what the garden looks like. Right. And that's what the ministry is all about. It's not about, well, I don't like that pastor and I don't like that preacher and I don't like those people. When you accept this privilege that we have been granted through the blood of Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, if you will, um, you you've you've gone on to become something much greater than just your existence. You've become a light for those people that are still out there in the wilderness in the field. And if we don't represent those things in the ancient world, we were put to death. Right. And this and 
I, I don't know if any, you know, folks, we still have death in the world. And the reason why we have death in the world is because we haven't really kept covenant. And, and you know, there's so much, this is remarkable because the ancient world seen this in this way. Yeah. We need right. to have that attitude. We need to have that, 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 we need to have that strength. And I, I don't want to fight and argue with anybody. I think that that, that's where the enemy exists. That's where oh, the division sure. exists. Well, so Paul I, lays out yes. all, you know, from one end to the other, the kind of character qualities that divide and separate and cause chaos in the kingdom. So if we look at the place of Eden as the sacred place, if we look at the garden as the place of service, and then if we look at the roots and everything out, that's where, that's where Cain died, or Abel died, that's where the enemy was, that's where the profane exists. So the whole purpose of learning this is to draw closer to the place of the sacred space. Yes, because and why? Because that's the place where God dwells. I mean, yes. he, he wants to be in our midst, dwelling with us. And so he is going, you know, when that time called by him, I have no clue. But when heaven and earth are restored, I do know that all things will be made new. Amen. Dina, that's it. We're okay. done. We, we got what, uh, I think we're done. So why don't we say goodbye now? Okay. Goodbye <laughs> now. <bless> you guys. <laughs> Don't forget to send messages to Dina. You know, you, you actually will help her write her book. And uh, remember, folks, we're returning. That means we have to leave where we are in mind and thought and go back Amen. to the ancient world. So God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Shalom, shalom. Bye-bye.